This is the Truth and Power Podcast with Ryan Edberg. I want to talk about uh, the roar today. I want to talk about, uh, which seems kind of funny, but uh, when I was uh, a, a new dad, I had a, a Taylor, my oldest. She was probably two, two and we're, we used to watch Shrek a lot. And um, she used to love that movie. And I was going to bed with her or whatever, tucking her in. And we were going through. And for some reason, I said, you know, what does the dog say? And she responded, what does the cat say? She's making these noises. What does the chicken say? And I I got to the, the donkey and I said, you know, what does the donkey say? And she looked at me and said, Shrek, Shrek. And I laughed so hard. Um, because we had watched that so many times and she thought that the donkey was just the donkey from Shrek and, you know, he yelled Shrek a lot. Um, and those are some of the joys of, of being a parent and, um, just a lot of different things. I used to love that movie, um, cause Shrek was known for doing something called the roar. And I think it was one of the later ones where, you know, you got this chubby kid yelling, you know, daddy get Shrek to do the roar and um, he wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it. Everything's chaotic, everything's going. And finally, Shrek at this birthday party does the roar, which he just uh, is known for yelling so loud and just scaring everybody. And then everybody starts cheering. And the chubby kid looks at his dad and says, I love you, daddy. And um, in this moment, you see that really Shrek is just wanting to be left alone, that Shrek is really not as tough as everybody thinks, except for this roar scares everybody. And so I started to look at this, and I see that the uh, scripture, that it there's an enemy out there that isn't as tough as we make him out to be. You know, we think that we have this... Uh, big fight between um, God and the devil going back and forth and you know the devil's this big scary monster that um, you know is in battle constantly with God but did you know that that's not true that uh, God defeated Satan 10 times over on the cross like he's could literally just flick him like the bug that he is you know the, the devil doesn't even have a physical body here on this earth which means that you have more authority in your uh, pinky finger than all the hordes of hell together um the problem is is we don't know that um we really just have this hard time because we think that you know, he's out to get us. He's going to jump out and scare us at everything. When when really the enemy will, will fight you in your mind. You know, that's where the battlefield is. Um, I, I started to look at David and, and David was a man of, uh, of God. It says a man after God's own heart. And so I started to study David because if he's a man after God's own heart, then I really want my life to look like that and see because it wasn't about David's failures he had plenty of those it was about his heart towards God through his failures um it was uh, Psalms 27:13 David said I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living you know how many of us are in that spot today 
where it's really everything looks so dark around us everything looks like you know are we going to lose our job what's going on with you know COVID-19 are we going to go back to church are we going back to work are we going back to school what's going on and there can be this fear that grips our heart of what's going to happen and what's going to go on and David wrote this on the time where he's on the run from uh, King Saul and he's hiding out in caves and King Saul's trying to kill him at everything. David was anointed king at a young age and yet he sees himself running in fear to just stay alive and he said I would have lost heart which means I would have given up. I would have quit if I wouldn't have I wouldn't believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living which means I would have given up unless I would have believed that I'd see the blessing working today and not one day I will be blessed I have to suffer and live like hell on earth right here right now but one day I'm going to um, have heaven and so it's all gonna be worth it no he said I would have lost heart I would have given up if I if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living today. And so we look at that and we start to look through some more of the Psalms and we see Psalms 103, 2, where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. You know, sometimes our soul doesn't want to praise the Lord, right? It says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. It's like a commandment that's saying, even when I don't feel like it, you need to bless the Lord because your mind, will, and your emotion is really what your soul is. And sometimes your soul, your mind doesn't feel like it wants to praise God. Why? Because you say, what do I've got to praise God for today? I don't feel like I'm winning. I don't feel like things are going my my way yet i need to say bless the lord on my soul well, what else i don't forget his benefits you know it's not just enough to to say a prayer there's benefits that come with uh praising god there's in and, and being a christian to to have that sonship to have uh god as your father there's benefits that come with it and yet David is reminding us, don't forget the benefits. Don't forget the little things. Don't forget the details. Don't forget everything that comes with uh, the sonship here. Uh, Psalms uh, 34, 3 through 4, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and I and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. It says to magnify the Lord. Now, you might just... Uh, grown up in the church uh, like I have and thought magnify means to sing praises or to glorify um, but really magnify is like a magnifying glass it's simple it means to bring in close right it means to examine it means to magnify the Lord means make sure that everything it's the same scriptures we've been reading bless the Lord oh my soul don't forget his benefits bring him in larger than life so you don't forget the little details you don't forget that there's healing that comes with it there you don't forget that he can take care of your finances that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory you know there's a lot of scriptures that go with it and sometimes we want to leave those out and say no I'm here to suffer for the Lord so that one day my reward will be great in heaven that's not what the word says the word says don't forget his benefits 
the the word says that my God shall supply all of our needs. It says that by his stripes you are healed. There's a lot of scripture that goes with it. And when you magnify the Lord, you're going to mag magnify something in life. It might as well be the, the Lord and the word. Because if you're uh, just watching the news, if you're just watching what's going on in this world, you're magnifying what's happening. You're bringing it larger than life. Your problems instead of the solution. And if your problems are larger than the solution, then you're in a world of hurt. And I, I looked at it this way, where if I was to hold up a quarter in front of me, and you'd be sit, standing 10 feet away, and I'd say, this quarter is your problem, and I am the solution. I could take this quarter and just chuck it out of your way. You, you could look at it and say, wow, in comparison, that quarter is nothing to how big you are. But if I zoom or magnify that quarter all the way up to one of your eyes and you close one eye, that's all that you could see would be the problem then. And we do that every single day we look at our health and we make that problem bigger than anything else uh, so we can't even see the the god or the solution that's standing right behind it what the word says about it standing right there behind it um i love the the story of uh, elisha when he was uh talking about how um you know they they were coming in and they had um uh, they were surrounded all around the city and the servants said what are we going to do how are we going to um make this work or, or how are we going to get through this situation and he, and he prays and says open up his eyes so that he can see and god opened up his eyes and he saw that behind the army um, was the army of the lord and they were surrounded and so this is what we need to be praying is god open up our eyes that we can see what's beyond the situation. God, open up, um, open up our eyes to see um, what, what the greater reality is. What is bigger here? Um, and we look at some of this, and and really we we've complicated um, everything so much that really. We, we make our our problems so much bigger than our God because they're they're more real to us. And, and why is that? They're more real to us because we've been meditating on um, the problems. We've been magnifying our problems instead of meditating on the word and what God says. In First uh, Peter 5 and 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil. I want you to look there. It says that your adversary is the devil. That means that your competitor, who's the one that's trying to take you down, is the devil. Uh, God doesn't have an adversary. The devil is not an adversary to God. We look at it and we see that it's your adversary, the devil. It says he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I started to look at this and what this tells me is that he's not a roaring lion that he is like a roaring lion which means he is a poser he is a fake he wants you to think that he's a roaring lion i started to uh look through some of this john 10 10 lays it out clearly 
<coughs> it says that the thief does not come except, which means it's the only reason that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. There's two things that we can uh, focus on here. What the devil brings, let's steal, to kill, and destroy. Or we can look at the life and life more abundantly. If you're going through something in life and it's more abundant and it's bringing life and there's victory, you know where it's coming from. Or you can look at something that's stealing or killing. But you got your adversary here walking around like a roaring lion, which means he's not. And it says it's seeking whom he may devour, which tells me that he doesn't even know who he can devour. He's going to test you. He's going to roar in your face to see if you back down. He's going to, how many times in life do you come out of church feeling like you can take on the world? You hear a message on faith. You hear a message on, um, prosperity or on healing or anything in the word and then all of a sudden life roars in your face and you back down and you're like man it is bad out here you know that that's what the devil is going to do you know that the devil is not afraid of who you are in christ he knows who you are in christ what he's afraid of is that you'll figure it out there's so many of us that he's going to roar in the face because he's seeking who he can devour. And I started to look up, why does a, a lion roar? And it says that most lions don't even want to fight. That they're going to come into a new territory, they're going to come into a place, and they're going to roar, and they're going to see if they can frighten everything off. The enemy is going to roar in your face to see if you tuck tail and run. To see if you really believe or if you know who you are in Christ, if you really believe the word or not. So he's going to roar in your face and see if you back down right away or if you stand up tall. So a lion comes into a situation and he roars to scare everything off. Or if there's another lion in that area, it will roar back and they'll kind of gauge to see who's got the louder roar to see um, if they want to fight or not. And and this is the the enemy. He walks around pretending to be a roaring lion to see if you will run, seeking whom he may devour, seeking whom he can steal, kill, and destroy from. Because I'm telling you, if your stuff is just sitting there, if you're... Uh, you know, your family is just sitting there and always getting hit on, there's something wrong with that. The enemy's stealing from you. He's trying to kill your family. He's trying to destroy your livelihood. He's trying to destroy your faith. He's trying to kill anything that's in there that's of the word. And so he's going to roar in your face to see it. I started to look up, you know, why, um, how to defend yourself against a lion's attack. And I thought, you know, this is either going to be really good or this is going to be awful because I'm going to open it up and it's going to say, you don't, you just die. So I want to see how to defend myself against a lion attack. And this is literally what uh, Google said. Now, think of it in the scripture of First Peter 5, 8 of your adversary. The devil walks around like a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And this is what it says. It says, do not run. Stand your ground. You need to take charge of the situation and show the lion that you're a threat. Turn that you are side on side, that the lion, uh, with the lion in front of you, clapping your hands, shouting, waving your arms. This will make you appear bigger and more threatening to the lion. 
I love this because this is really talking about worship. This is talking about what David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. This is when you're praising God when there is a lion roaring in your face, when everything looks like it should be going wrong and fear starts to creep up. You start to praise God because you know that the battle is already won. You know that you need to let the enemy know that he was defeated on the cross and that you are not running, that you are now the threat because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And you need to realize and take what the word says and, and make it more real than anything else. And so you, you realize here that you are the threat to the devil, that he's your adversary. He's either going to run over you, steal, kill, and destroy from you, or you're going to stand up and give God praise when it doesn't feel like giving God praise. When you can praise God for your healing, when you don't feel healed, when you can praise God for your family, when your family hasn't come to Christ yet, when you can praise God for your marriage, when you're going through the toughest time, when you can praise God through your finances, when your finances don't look that great, you can praise God because the word says that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. There's a larger line that's a real line that's not a poser that's waiting on the inside and you need to roar back. You need to fight back. You need to not give up. You need to not quit. And I started to realize that there's so many people that perish because of lack of knowledge. They don't win because they don't fight, because they don't even know that they can fight. They don't even know that they have the tools to fight. And so this is important for us to see this here, that the enemy will walk around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Don't let it be you. Don't let it be you. He is like a roaring lion. He doesn't have the real lion. You have the real lion on the inside, the spirit of God waiting to roar back and watch the devil tuck tail and run. Greater is he that is in you. There's victory in this. If you can grasp this and know who you are in Christ, this is important and this will get you traction through anything because many of us have been feeling that fear and all it is is a chihuahua yelling in your face because God has already defeated him. You already have the victory and it's waiting to be released. So God bless. I hope this blesses you. Have a wonderful day. To keep up with everything Ryan has going on, go to kingdomyouthconference.com or follow him at facebook.com slash Ryan Edberg Music.